Hello and welcome to the Growing Green Podcast. Your host, Jeremiah Jennings, is the owner of Growing Green Landscapes in Birmingham, Alabama, and has a passion for growing the entrepreneurship community for those who are young in business. Being a business owner isn't easy, especially in the early years, and that's why in this show we dive into a wide range of topics covering all the challenges small business owners deal with. Even if your company is generating a million dollars or more, the stories from our great guest and Jeremiah's own firsthand experiences will propel your business forward. And now, here's your host, Jeremiah Jennings. What's going on, everybody? Thank you so much for tuning in to another episode today here on the Growing Green Podcast. This is your host, Jeremiah Jennings, and we are very excited to be coming to you today with another fresh new guest interview for you. This one is very uh, cool to me. I've, I've been persistent. We were sitting here having this conversation before. I've been persistent, sitting, uh, sliding the DMs there, trying to get in touch with this dude and get him on the podcast. And we are very excited today to have none other than Tigran Gertz from uh, Applewood Landscaping out in California and uh, social media star, everything else that's going on in your life. How are you doing today, buddy? Pretty good. I'm officially a TikToker now. You're officially a TikToker now. So why, I started, so, so I, why do you I say started, that? I started as a YouTuber, but then um, now TikTok has surpassed YouTube. I'm about to double very soon, very shortly. Well, it's really cool. I've been following you on social media for a while. Uh, the business that you have out there in California is really cool. Your social media content is cool as well. So uh, also your Lamborghini is cool as well. So I mean, you know, all that stuff adds in, and, and it's really cool what you're doing out there to uh, um, just kind of help further the community. So man, take us through your <clears throat> your story of kind of how you got started in landscaping in the first place, how you built your business. So it all started when I was a kid, and uh, I got fired from Six Flags, and. Me and my friend Travis, we didn't really know what to do, but we knew we wanted money because we just wanted a little bit of beer money, a little bit of play money, Taco Bell money. We used to go get those Gordita Crunch Supremes or whatever they were called back when I was like 16. They were probably like 78 cents then. Now they're probably like $5. Yeah. Uh, we used to go there with like 2 $3 and get yeah. all out. <clears throat> Baja yep. Blast all day. But yep. after after um, we, we got fired from Six Flags, and I got fired from Six, Six Flags when I was – 15 years old and uh the reason i got fired was one because i was pretty much not a really good employee i was late all the time <laughs> the, the 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 straw that broke the camel's back was when we were doing the games i was in charge of all the games and uh the guy came to the manager he came to me he's like hey to make sure the lights are on around four o'clock and i said all right but there was a big family of skunks back there and I didn't want to get sprayed because every time I went in there, they're hissing at me. And I was like, oh, yeah. So I dipped and I didn't turn the lights on. He came in all mad. He was this big, tall, fat guy. And he was like, he's like, why aren't the lights on? And I was like, there's skunks back there. And he's like, there's no skunks. You're lying. And I was like, there's skunks. And he went back there, turned the lights on. Of course, the skunks weren't there when he went. Oh, my and he, goodness. And then he's like, give me your apron. And in, in, in great America, you have, um, at all times, you have $300 in singles on you. So you can give change. Yeah. And he's like, give me your apron. And I gave it to him. He's like, go to the office. And I was like, okay. And I went there and, there and then he fired me. And I was like, oh, man. So I went home and I called Travis. I'm like, Travis, I just got fired. And he's like, what do you want to do? I'm like, I don't know. Come over. So he came over and then we decided to do a game plan to mow lawns. Cause that's the only thing we really knew how to do. So then we went out passing out flyers, door knocking for a whole weekend and we closed four deals and uh, we were super thrilled because not only did we have freedom to mow the lawns whenever we wanted, but now we can actually make like a hundred bucks a piece and we're super thrilled and we just catapulted from there and then it, and it just grew and grew and grew and grew and grew. And then I discovered Dethatching, and that's when my life changed. When it came to making money, dethatching is what changed your life. How did how did dethatching change it? <laughs> so, like I said, mowing lawns. I, yeah. I've always hated. I've always hated mowing lawns, but dethatching was such a big money maker because you can go up to someone's house and they have a bunch of thatch, yeah. and you say, "Look, the reason your grass looks like this is because you have so much dead buildup." Yeah, right. Yeah. And, I, and I would I would I would do a whole spiel. And I'm like, when was the last time you have dethatching? They're like, what's dethatching? I'm like, exactly. So I used to get a little rake 
Mesa scrape, scrape, scrape. All this is the reason why your grass is so yellow. If we get rid of all this, your grass will be green and be able to breathe and your grass would grow really good. And it's a very, um, deep thatching is very physical. So you would see all the thatch. Mm-hmm. You know what I mean? Yeah. You can like, visibly see the difference. Yeah. Right away. And you can see the grass is like healthier and it's like glowing and it's just growing correctly. And once you remove all the thatch, especially with some houses were crazy. I remember we used to get like, uh, I used to pack the Home Depot bags of, you know, those Home Depot yeah. uh, paper bags. Yep, yeah. Yep. So one day I used to have uh, like one dethatching weekend. We got 115 bags. No of just way. Thatch. Yeah. And uh, this was the the time where you just leave them out in your yard and the guy would come and pick them up. And he rolled up and he's like, what the hell? And he was like, what is this? I'm like, don't worry. I'm going to help you throw them in the truck. Yeah. They, they have to take them because you paid for the bags. Yeah. Yeah. And he's like, this is crazy. I'm like, I know. I was just doing a bunch of lawns. And he's like, well, good for you, man. This is a cool black guy. I never forget it. He took a picture and he's like, he sent it to his friend. And uh, <laughs> he was super happy. And then the, me and Travis, we helped him throw them in the bags. But the the cool thing was the the customer got to see the transformation. Yeah. You know what I mean? Yeah. It was very visible. It was, yeah, very visible. So that's when that was my first time I made a thousand bucks in a week. No, in wow. a day. I made a thousand bucks in a day. That was my first time I made a thousand bucks in a day. And I was super happy, super thrilled. And at the time, you know, a thousand bucks in a day for like a 17 year old kid. That's a big bar money. I mean, that's still, that's a lot of thousand bucks a day. You're doing pretty well. I mean, that, that's pretty good. So, yeah. so what did that, I mean, what did that do for you? Did that push you into mm-hmm. making a bigger mowing list, growing that side of things? How did you continue to grow your lawn care company from there? So after that, and then um, after you get the dethatching clients and people see what a visible job it is and you cleaned up good, you talk to them good and blah, blah, blah. So then you say, hey, I got, I'm, I'm mowing lawns. Do, do you want me to take care of your lawn? And I built up my list. I had like 45, 50 lawns for my biggest summer. And I was like doing 25 to 40 bucks a house. Mm-hmm. And it's cool. But, you know, in Illinois, the grass stops growing in the summertime yeah yeah it's cool so, season up there yeah yeah so then you're you're mowing and it is just brown yep you know yep. and sometimes people cancel and they're like don't come and like especially in july i remember not mowing for like two three weeks and people wouldn't even care yeah it's a lot of revenue you're missing out on yeah and i didn't do contracts back then it was just pay like i mow one you pay me one mm-hmm. you know yeah and um, I never really thought that people would even want to do contracts, but you know, that I was just so young back then, but people do want to do contracts. It's just easier. How much does it cost for the whole season? All right. Two, 2000 bucks done. Let's roll. Yeah. Yeah. But yeah, that's cool. So you, you grew the, you said you were in Illinois. I didn't know that's where, so that's where you were born or that's where you grew up. Fox Lake, Illinois. Awesome. So is that how you built, like, <clears throat> how did you, so I'm kind of I'm intrigued by your story. I want to hear more of like the the process along the way because so you built a, a company there and then now you're in California. You have a company out there. So did you move companies? Did you start a new company when you moved out there? What what do those teenage to college years look like? like how did you did you yeah. stay in your business full time? So when I started, um, I this is why I say it's very difficult to actually have a company when you're mowing lawns because I didn't really consider it as a company. It was just me mowing lawns. Mm-hmm. And it's really difficult to actually grow a company because it was just like, if it wasn't for me going to the job site every day or to the lawns every yeah. day, there'd be no business. It was yeah. just me. I was an owner operator, um, owner operator, everything I was doing myself. And I yeah. used to have one guy helping me named Cruz. And Cruz was a total gangster. It was my first guy that was a Mexican dude. And he knew everything about uh, mowing. Like, That's good. Yeah. So good. Didn't complain. Didn't. Didn't, didn't care about working more. It was always done. Obviously, I always paid him, but he did. He just, we're like, Cruz, we have to work another three hours. Okay, senor, no problem. Let's do it. And uh, we just worked and worked and worked and worked. And he had a really good work ethic. I was always wanting to work a lot. Yeah. And the more the more we worked, the more we made. And uh, that, that dude changed the game for me. After, ever since after him, I stopped hiring my high school friends mm. because you started getting they, into they, real like legit employees after that. Yeah. They just can't, they can't hang, you know, they get jealous. They're like, Oh man. 
this guy's mowing lawns and he's making $20 a house and I'm making like $5 a house or $4 a house, whatever it is. And they get a little bit bitter. Yep. I've actually lost a lot of friends because of that. Yeah, because you've been successful and grown. Mm-hmm. A yeah. lot of a lot of friends, but little little did they know that like they forget about the mowers, the trucks, the trailers, all this, the clientele, like everything you built up to mm-hmm. that. Yeah. So all they look at is, oh, he made a thousand bucks in a day. Yeah. No. Yeah, yeah, I agree. I think that's really cool. So when so you you were having problems with the mowing company, like you you wanted to build something bigger than that. What did you do after that? So, um, it was very, I knew okay. So here's how it happened. I hit a wall. I hit a wall and I just could not continue to grow more in the lawn care because I didn't want to buy more trucks, mm-hmm. right? You can grow in lawn care. You just need to buy more stuff. Yeah. You get yourself out of it. But I was like, dude, okay. 50 lawns. That's a lot. That's a lot. But in order to hire people, I need to have more equipment. And I didn't, I didn't want to buy more equipment. And I was like, and I, to me personally, wh- where are you out of? Uh, Alabama. Alabama. To me personally, I didn't want to be stuck in the same time I grew up. Yeah. Because it's very difficult to grow as a person, like spiritually, mentally. And if I were to just put myself in a completely different environment, situation, something I'm not familiar with at all. I think my chances would have been better. So this was the time when my grandma passed away and she left me with a hundred thousand. And uh, that was the inheritance I got. And I was like thrilled. I thought I was rich as hell. Was, yeah. Like, yeah. hundred bands. Like, are you kidding me? Crazy amount of money. And I was like, okay, this is my opportunity. I have to move. I got to move. I got to move. I got to move. I'm like, you got to move. But I moved and I had no plan. No plan. I was just, I just, I'm like, I'm just going to go here. And I picked mm. San Jose, California, and I moved here. And uh, I was like, I'm going to bring my my equipment and all that stuff as well. So I put it on a truck, and the guy shipped it down there. And all of my lawn mowing stuff came here. And, uh, well, obviously, you know the story, but within seven months, I spent all the money. No all, way. Yeah. <laughs> I spent the entire $100,000 on girls, alcohol, drinking, food, and I spent thousand dollars at Gucci. Oh my goodness! <laughs> yeah. So after that was done, and um, my mom, she even said, "Do not go. You're an idiot." And I was like, "Can I go? I'm gonna full send." Mm-hmm. And she's like, "That's a bad idea." And I was like, "Probably is, but I'm gonna do it anyway." So I uh, I dipped. I came here. I blew the hundred grand in seven months, and then I was like, "I need more money." So I started selling my lawnmower stuff. My dethatcher sold it. My aerator. I had a Ryan LA twenty eight. I don't know if you know what that is. Yeah, yeah. It's the really cool dinosaur one. Mm-hmm. Yeah, yeah. So I had one of those. That was like six thousand dollars. I sold that for like four grand, probably. And then uh, I had a Billy Goat blower. I had steel blowers. I had uh, chainsaws, weed whackers. I sold. So you everything. were you were selling everything that made you money. Everything that made me money because I I actually did try when I got to California uh, when I was running low on money. I think I had like $10,000 in my bank account. I, um, I, I was like, all right, I'm, I need to start mowing. So I printed out flyers and I did what only thing I knew how to do. I printed out flyers mm-hmm. and I was like, I'm going to go pass out flyers. So I did that and I got, I think seven houses here. And uh, I was doing seven houses for like 25, 30 bucks here, but 200 bucks a week, still nothing. Yeah. You know? Yeah. You I got st- a long way I to st- go. I spent half that on fuel. And by the time I had to go pick up my trailer and do this and low, like you'd be, it'd be better if I just worked a regular job. Yep. You know? And not have the stress. Yeah. It was $15 an hour pretty much after, after like I learned this term from the crane companies. Every time I hire a crane, they say port to port. So you have a four hour minimum port to port. You know what that means? I do not. So let's say the print, the crane leaves the yard. Okay. That's port. And then he comes and to your job site. He does his thing for two and a half, three hours. And then if he doesn't make it back in four hours to the yard, they charge you over. So port to port. Yeah. So, okay, so there and back. <clears throat> there and back. Yeah. So every time I, I went and picked up the trailer and came back and then went and picked up the trailer, mowed lawns and came back, it was like seven hours mm. for, for, for 
four or five houses. I'm like, dude, this is, this is, this is not worth it at all. I was like, there's got to be a better way. And um, I sold, I put online the, my right standard 54 inch and on Craigslist for like four grand. And this dude called me from Southern California. He's like, hey, I'm really looking at, interested in buying your mower. And I was like, all right, cool. Let's make a deal. Yeah. I'm like, where are you from? And he's like, well, I'm going to be in San Jose next week. I'm like, okay, well, what do you do? He's like, I own a construction company, landscape construction company in Central California. I'm like, okay. And then uh, I asked him, uh, what do you have? Like, what kind of work do you do? He's like, pavers. And he's like, what do you do? I'm like, nothing. I'm just, I'm just doing a little small job right now for like 700 bucks. And he's like, are you licensed? And I was like, no. And he's like, well, if you do a job over $500, you need to be licensed. And I'm like, well, I'm not licensed. And, he's, and then he started telling me the story. He's like, dude, if you get caught without a license, you're going to be in big trouble mm -hmm. in California. And I was like, I got scared. I was, like, oh my God. I was like, okay, how do I get a license? And he's like, oh, you have to go to this school and you have to do this and this. And I was like, all right, cool. Never saw the guy again. I don't know what happened to him, but he got me into school. So then I decided I need to get my license. And that was the first time I was like, time to play a bigger game, T. And at that time, I didn't really know much about landscaping, construction, nothing. I was just a kid mowing lawns pretty much. Mm -hmm. And um, I signed up for the school. I did all that. And uh, my first time taking the test, I failed both. I was very disappointed. Yeah. Mainly, mainly, mainly because I didn't study because I'm an idiot. <laughs> I you were making this failed. really hard on yourself. Yeah. Dude, I was hard on myself. You have to be hard on yourself. Because I was, no, I'm like saying a, you're making it hard for yourself. You blow a hundred exactly. grand and then you don't study for the test. You're gonna go, yeah. Good luck. Yeah, because you know, you know why I didn't study for the test. Um, hundred percent my fault. I take a full accountability for everything. But they kind of tricked me when I signed up for the thing. The guy says, "Oh, we have a ninety nine percent passing rate." And I was like, <laughs> and I was like, ninety nine percent. I'm like, well, I know I'm smarter than most people. I'm like, yeah, most most people are idiots. They didn't say like, with studying. Yeah. But no, he said 99%. I was like, all right, fine. Later, I find out 99% is you get to take it over and over and over again. There's, oh, there's unlimited. Yeah. You can, you can take it 10 times. You just got to pass. And yeah. I was like, I was like, bro, thanks for not telling me that. Dude. Yeah, not telling me the whole truth. Yeah. So then um, I was like, all right, time to get serious. After that, after when I, when I failed both tests, I, I failed the law exam by one question. All you need is a 70 and I got a 69 out of 100. Oh. Yeah, and I was so disappointed. But the trade, I failed heavily. Like, I got half of the questions wrong. And I got so disappointed in myself. I was like, T, you're such a piece of garbage. Like, you're literally the worst person in the world. And I was so tough on myself. I'm like, you spent all your grandma's money. You're a freaking loser. You're doing drugs. You're just, you're just a bad person. I'm like, you can't even pass a stupid test. Mm -hmm. And that's when I got serious. And I started cranking hard. And I passed it. The next time I took the test, which was three weeks later, I was the first one out of that room, past both. And this goes to show if you put enough hard work into something, you can actually achieve it. Yeah. But um, most people, they, they want results. They want, they want to be successful. They want to have a company, but they don't want to put in the work, yeah. you know? Yeah. And they don't the want to study. They don't, people now. Yeah. They don't want to study. They don't want to do this. They just want to freaking mow lawns and uh, make, make videos. But the, the thing that I like pride myself in now is actually putting the hard work because it's not easy. And people, people always ask me in Goking, they're like, well, you know, why, why can't I do this and this and this and this? And it's like, dude, um, they complain about being hard. I'm like, of course it's going to be hard. If it was easy, everyone would be doing it. Mm -hmm. That's why majority of the population is not doing it. And that's a good thing. Yeah, exactly. You set yourself apart. So you get, you nailed down, you, you passed your test, then you just scaled the company from there. I mean, did you, did you get into hardscape and stuff immediately? Um, so my very first my very first job that I landed <clears throat> was from Craigslist. And I posted a bunch of ads. I used to be one of those spammer Craigslist. <laughs> you know what I'm talking about, right? Yeah, yeah. You, yeah. You have like five accounts and you post four times a day. Yep. And when people always search landscaping, you're always somewhere in there. You're in there, yeah. And then you I used to put stars. I used to put like exclamation marks, dollar signs like just a row of them. So then it, it, you can really differentiate yourself from all the other people. Mm -hmm. And this one, this one Indian dude, uh, Saurabh hit me up and he's like, Oh, I need landscaping done. I said, all right, cool. 
So I went over there and he showed me everything. I measured everything. And uh, he's like, give me a price. And I was like, okay. I gave him an $8,000 price. I was literally going to poop my pants. I was like, there's no way this guy's going to take $8,000 bid. And uh, he's like, all right, let's, let's, uh, let's meet to go over the contract at Burger King. And I was like, all right, cool. So we went to Burger King and he was eating a fish sandwich. And he's like, do you want a sandwich? I was like, no, I'm good. So I was so nervous. So this is my first presentation ever about presenting a mm -hmm. proposal. Yeah. And uh, I typed something up. It was pretty half fast. I still have it on my uh, on my Google Drive. But I presented it to him, and he's like, $8,000. He's like, that sounds outrageous. And I was like, what do you mean? And he's like, I was hoping for something like $4,000. And I was like, wow. I'm like, I don't think I can do $4,000. Maybe I can do seven. I was trying to negotiate with him. Mm -hmm. Maybe I do seven, but there's no way. And he's like, okay, well, I appreciate you coming on here, but I can't do this. And I was like, all right. Sorry, right? I apologized to him. I was like, I, I apologize. And uh, I don't know why I apologized to him. I was a kid. Yeah, yeah, you didn't know any better. Yeah, but, and then I left and I was like, man, dude, that was crazy. What an experience. I can't believe I just gave him a proposal for $8,000 and the guy didn't want to take it. And now, you know what the funny thing is? I actually ended up doing that job for him four months later after I actually started the company because he saved my proposal and then he called me back. It was a rental property. And I did the job for nine grand and uh, still was too cheap. This was yeah, one of those yeah. guys that he, he was one of those guys that would just rain into the ground no matter what you gave him. Mm -hmm. I wish I'd have gave him like a $15,000 bid. He was like, all right, seven grand. I'm like, deal. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. And that dude ends up doing his job. And, uh, and then there's a lot of others that I landed, but one of them in particular was this awesome Asian couple. They were Chinese and they found me on Craigslist. And I reached out to them um, after they hit me up on email. And I was like, what would you guys like done? And they said they wanted Blackstone, a little bit of mulch, a little bit of plants. And they said irrigation. I was like, oh, wow, you know how to do irrigation. But I said, okay, yeah, we'll, we'll, we'll do it. No worries. And um, she's like, well, actually, you can leave out the irrigation. We can just hand water. I was like, all right, bet. That makes it a lot easier for me. So I went there and I have all these pictures on my, this is why documenting these jobs are so important because especially when in the beginning, like, dude, I would have gave, I would have given so much money to have all my videos and footage and content of when I was like 17 yeah. when I started. Mm -hmm. So I highly recommend anyone's listening to this. You have to take pictures. You have to take videos. You have to show where your progression came yeah, from. Because, document your journey. Yeah. That's going to be, especially if you know you're going to be in this for the long run, dude, document because you're going to be, crazy impressed by the time you are uh year three year four year five but the the asian lady she hired me and i did her job for two thousand five hundred dollars and i made um like 180 dollars on it mm -hmm. like I, I literally charged my own labor <laughs> i was there was a three-man crew i was the third guy and we were doing i was carrying flagstone i was shoveling mulch but the real, okay, I actually forgot to tell you, the real gangster that actually helped me do the job was a guy named Carlos. And he's no longer with me, unfortunately, because um, we had a disagreement because he was very prideful. Mm -hmm. And because he knew he was the number one guy since the beginning, he didn't want to take orders from another guy, right? Mm -hmm. But Carlos didn't really speak good English. Yeah. So every time I used to communicate with him over the phone, it was like talking to a Chinese person. Like they, he didn't understand. Anything. I'm speaking English. He's talking Chinese zero. But when I'm in person with him like this, he could understand everything because mm -hmm. I'm able to communicate with my hands and he's able to see my, my, uh, my face, yeah. Yeah, everything. So he understands like that, but phone, forget it. But this dude, he helped me tremendously. I owe a lot to him uh, because if it wasn't for him, I wouldn't be able to do all these jobs, especially in the beginning. Mm. He just, yeah, he just kind of knew how to do everything and kind of taught you. Yeah. Yeah. He, he didn't really teach me because I didn't really want to learn how to do it. Like I didn't want to know how to do pavers, even though I was a helper. Mm -hmm. Every time he needed pavers cut, I used to cut. He, he needed, uh, he needed like a bucket of sand. I used to go get it. Yeah. You know? yeah. It was, it was like that until it, it got to a point month four or five where he was like, you know, you working here, but people losing respect he's like you know working here no more 
And I was like, what do you mean? And he's like, the guys, they don't like you working here. Me neither. I don't like it either. That's how I used to talk. And uh, I was like, okay, so what do you want me to do? He's like, just just go go buy stuff. Go get stuff from Home Depot and bring it here. And I said, like, right, cool. <laughs> so he pretty much fired me. Yeah, that's right. He fired <clears throat> He fired the boss. Yeah. That's Which hilarious. was the best best move ever. Best yeah. move ever. Yeah, now that that's a really cool story. So I tell you what, let's take a break real fast. I want to hear from today's show sponsors and announcements and uh, what we have coming up here at Launchpreneur Academy Live. And then when we come back, I want to hear some more of your story about scaling the company uh, and kind of what you've gotten built and what you have going on today. Do you want to keep the cash flowing this winter? Head over to LauntrepreneurAcademy.com and check out all of Brian Fullerton's new courses and powerful resources to get you cashing in on that white gold through plowing snow. The Snow Plowing Training Course is easy to understand and you'll learn what it takes to do the job effectively and how to bid, price, and estimate snow plowing for both residential and commercial properties. LauntrepreneurAcademy.com has three new resources to take the hassle and guesswork out of securing your snow removal jobs, plus there's eye-catching marketing materials that can help you secure new clients quickly. Ready to crush the snow game this year? Visit LauntrepreneurAcademy.com or use the link in the podcast description. All right, guys, we are back. Thank you so much for listening there to the uh, just the promotions that we have going on with Brian Fullerton and Launchpreneur Academy. There's some great stuff coming on there on the website, some new stuff going to be coming out hopefully in the future, so y'all stay tuned for that. But we're back with Tigran now, and I want to hear, so now we've come to the story of the, the whole process of the beginning stages of your life and business. Uh, how did you start scaling? Because scaling is a question that we get a lot here on the show is, how do I scale? I'm a young guy in business. I have one or two guys working for me, but I really want to get to that eight or nine or 10 guy or 20 guy or 50 guy crew. Like you've pretty much got yourself a business that runs without you being there a lot of the time. Um, like, like right now, middle of the day and you're out there and, and stuff's still getting done. I'm sure. So how have you, uh, what are some processes and systems you've implemented along the way to help scale your company? So obviously everything has to do with people, 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 people. And if the right people aren't there, you're not able to scale because it's just going to be a nightmare. I know a lot of companies in my area that are big on paper, you know, that 30 employees, but mm. at the end of the day, it's like, how much money are you making with those 30 employees? For sure. And I have, I have seen, I don't know what I haven't been able to figure it out yet, but when I was at like uh, 15 to 16 people, I was making more money than I was when I was at 22 people. Yeah. It's crazy. Like, I don't, I just don't, I didn't like me and Bree, my office manager, we're tr still trying to figure that out. How is it possible with 20, like an extra seven people, an extra crew, you're not making as much money as with a three crews and 15, 16, 17 people. But the, the whole scaling process has to come down to the people and your culture. If your uh, crew leaders are in line with how you like to do things and your managers, then things will get done according to plan. But if you don't have culture, if you don't have rules, if you don't have uh, things in place to prevent all of the bad things that happen, like wasting time at the job site. Mm. The guy shows up late. He has a bad attitude. He spreads a bad attitude in your company. People, um, that that's how that's how you start losing money. But scaling is very important, and it all has to do with people. How do you prevent the bad attitude? How do you pre prevent the lateness? And just how do you create a good company culture? What is your take on that? Start firing people. If people are late, so blow them up. Like there's this one dude, he has a bad attitude and he's a really good guy, but I think pretty soon it's going to be, it's going to be time for him to go. Like he's a good mm -hmm. guy when it comes to work. He's incredibly skilled, very skilled. And he could build literally a chimney, a house, like super skilled, does knows how to do everything. He's been in construction for like 40 years, as long as I've been alive, but people don't like him. My employees, they don't like him. Mm. Customers, customers don't like him. When I put him yeah. in a job uh, to do like a little thing to clean up, finish up the job site. Customers like, you know, this guy, um, you know, the, the other guy that came, he's really good, but this guy, he's kind of like stubborn. And I was like, ah, I know. But at the time I didn't really have a choice because I didn't have a lot of skilled people, mm -hmm. uh, especially when you scale, you need, you need to have, in order to have a very successful crew, you need to have a crew leader, you need to have a Mason, and the crew leader and the mason, they have similar skills, except the crew leader can speak really good English and he can communicate with, well with everybody else. Mm -hmm. And then you need to have a laborer, another laborer. You could have three laborers, you know, a crew of five or a crew of four. And we're talking hardscaping right now, right? Is that? Yeah. Okay. Yeah. 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 I've seen, I've seen uh, 
great things happen with a crew of four and crew of five. Anything more than that, I think it just gets too messy unless the job is really big. Yeah. Like really big. How did you get into bigger? So I I, I like the take there. You said just fire him. That's funny. It, it's it's bold. It's straight to the point. But I, I agree in a sense of like you don't want those people, those bad apples in there messing up your company culture. Even if they are, even if they are skilled, then if you've got a good culture built or you're working on one, you have one guy come in there and, and ruffle some feathers and you lose two or three guys that are really good, then, then that's, mm-hmm. even his skill can't make up for that. Exactly. And it's very difficult to go back and try to get those people. Like <clears throat> when, when Carlos left my OG, he kind of uh, had a very emotional reaction and he was like, well, if I'm not here, I'm taking everyone with. Mm. And he started, he started pulling people like Puma, you know, Puma, we make videos about Puma. You ever seen Puma? No, no. A little, little short Mexican guy in the ditch, which uh, complete gangster. Like he knows how to operate a caterpillar. He knows how to operate a ditch, which like total gangster. And he was one of the first guys that uh, Carlos tried to pull. He tried to yank him from the company mm-hmm. and he was successful until I, I told Jose, I'm like, Jose, what, what is happening? Why, why is Puma leaving? I'm like, the guy doesn't pay him. We're paying them. Yeah. And I was like, you need, you need to figure out how to get him back. So Puma, he got him on the phone. And uh, it all came down to money. Puma wanted more money. Mm. So he wanted like a $3 raise. And I was like, deal. Let's roll. Yeah. yeah. Come, come back. Come back. It's very, very difficult to uh, lose people like that because he's one of those guys that will literally, uh, when there's nothing to do, he'll just grab a broom and start sweeping. Mm. You know what I mean? There's That's nothing really to cool. do. Yeah. Yeah. There's nothing to do. They're waiting on something. Like they're having a little break. He'll just grab a broom and start sweeping the street. Mm. Like that's the type of guy you don't want to get rid of. No, no, you do whatever you can to keep somebody like that. Uh, that yeah. that's really cool. How, are you your own sales guy? Do you have sales team now? How do you do all the sales? How does that work? Yeah, so I do. I do the sales. Taylor does the sales. Taylor's the designer, and I met him in Goking actually. And uh, he w- he came to a, a competition. We had an event for last one to leave the trailer wins the trailer, and Taylor was the winner of the trailer. And I, after I get after I was talking to him. I was like, well, what do you do? And he's like, well, I'm doing designs in Southern California. And I was like, okay, well, how are you doing with that? And he's like, it's going okay. He just started. He was very new. And I was like, do you have interest in gr- like having a construction company? And he said, no. And I was like, all right, cool. And then after like three months of me just kind of thinking of how I can grow, he popped up in my, in my head. And I was like, dude, Taylor would be perfect because the guy's literally nuts. Like he stayed in the trailer for seven hours <laughs> and everyone else dipped out and he just withstood all that. And he was the quiet one. People didn't even realize he was in the trailer. Those are the people yeah. that are most dangerous. And he's just sitting back loud, taking names. Yeah. It's usually the loud guys that uh, get eliminated first. Yep. And Taylor won it. And I reached out to him. And I was like, Tay, what do you think about you moving here and helping me grow Applewood? And you can do designs. And he was like, no, 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 I don't know about that. And I said, dude, just come. I'm like, I'll play for your plane ticket. Nothing. You can stay at my place. It'll cost you nothing. I'll set up appointments and we'll see how it goes. And I finally convinced him. I paid for his plane ticket. It was 300 bucks. And he stayed in my spare bedroom. And um, he came out and I set up seven appointments. Because I was just answering all the phone calls. And I was like, do you need a design? Do you need a design? And a lot of people, they did. So we got seven appointments and we closed three of them. And he said that uh, we're selling designs for a thousand bucks a piece, mm-hmm. which is really cheap. The first design was so small. We got it for $600. It was a, uh, we did that job. We ended up doing it. And Taylor was like super impressed. And he was like, dude, he's like, you're not messing around. I'm like, why did you think I was messing around? And he's like, I don't know. You know, a lot of people, a lot of contractors that he's worked for, He's like, I do design, and then sometimes I don't even get paid. Mm. And I was like, bro, you're gonna get paid. Like, let's just let's just do the designs. So then he finally made the move. And he came here, and uh, he's been he's literally closed I think a million dollars in deals uh, from his designs. So he designs wow. it, he designs it, and then he go he jumps on the Zoom call like this, and he walks the customer through the proposal, and then boom, closes the deal. Mm. So Taylor's Taylor sales, I'm sales, and then Bree. Bree is pretty much the one that keeps everything at Applewood together. <laughs> yeah, the 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 straw that well, she's that she. What is the I can't. What is the phrase of that? The, I don't know. Whatever she's keeps the, everything together. Yeah, she's the glue. The and, glue. Um, yeah, the glue that holds it all together. 
Yeah, I call her my office mom because without her, it'd be very difficult to function. Yeah, yeah, no, I know how it goes. So how did you get into those bigger ticket jobs? You, I mean, I see some of the jobs you post on social media that are absolutely massive. I mean, they're big, huge patios, stairs, all that stuff. Um, mm-hmm. Do you, you do swimming pools as well, right? I don't do swimming pools. Okay, no swimming pools. But all the stuff around the swimming pools y'all do, the decks and yeah. all that. So yeah. um, how did you even get into to quoting? Like, how, how did you handle that? Like, when you started meeting with customers, like, that $8,000 job was intimidating in the beginning, but then you start getting into, what, $50,000, $70,000, $100,000 quotes. Like, mm-hmm. how did you do that? Because how did, I mean, did you just learn over time? What was that process of, of growing during that time? What did it look like? Yeah. So when I, when I first started, my dream was to have a, uh, to pave a driveway because I was doing patios and like sidewalks, but I was like, I've never done a driveway before. And I was like, dude, I need to figure out how to do a driveway. I want to be a driveway guy. Mm. And, uh, cause you know, driveways are very easy to make money on. Really? They're they're I mean, they're in the front yard. Access is beautiful. Yeah. Uh, you just take everything out, the dirt out, put it in the trucks, get it out, you dump the base rock right in the driveway. The pavers are right by the driveway. Mm-hmm. Everything is there. You yeah. know what I mean? I was like, I want to do a driveway. I want to do a driveway. So for the longest time, I could not close a deal on a driveway. And then one day, like month six of Applewood, I got a driveway. And I was like so amazed. It was a $12,000 driveway. And it's still up right now. I, I drove by it like every now and then. And um, I was like, okay, so if I can close this driveway, I can close more deals. I can close bigger deals. Mm-hmm. So then it went from four, like 10,000 to 20,000, 40,000, 50,000. I was stuck at 60 grand. I could not move past 60 grand for literally. Oh man, it was probably seven, eight, nine months, probably a year. I could not break 60, 70 grand. Wow. And, and then my second year, something happened. I got a, I got a job, a bid and I bid on it. It was like 97 grand. Mm closed it i was in shock literally gonna freak out and um i was like okay and i got the deal and then you know closing the deal is not the hard part it's actually completing the work people yeah, think it's getting everything sick, done like that's that's the hard one like that's the one that's very difficult because if you bid something wrong you still have to complete the job yeah even if you lose money even if you lose money and i've lost money baby i've lost money on jobs for sure like I lost, I lost twenty five thousand dollars on a job, like three months ago, mm. just mm. because I bid, I bid two things incorrectly. Wow, so stupid, yeah, so dumb. But do you, do you care to share that for somebody else to learn off of? Sure. So <clears throat> I had, I had, it was a crew of five, and there was there was some items in in the job that I just completely misbid, like very very low. Mm-hmm. Example. Pavers. One of the pavers they had. If you've ever seen linear plank pavers, have you ever seen those? Mm-hmm. Linear plank pavers. Yeah. I, I bid it normally as other pavers. Okay, that was a mistake. I should have bid it much higher because a lot more labor goes into it. Because she wanted very straight linear, and uh, you have to do strings. Yeah. To make sure all the yep, lines. To make sure everything is. Yep. And the boys, the boys didn't do the strings in the beginning because it looked straight, and then once they put it down, they're like, "Man, this is not straight." So oh, literally. Wow had to take out like 400 square feet. So they they spent, and this is the worst part, they they spent the entire day putting it in. Next day, an hour and a half, they have to spend taking, taking it out. It all out. Restart. Wow. So a five-man crew, that's like 2,500 bucks a day, yep. you know, with overhead, 500 bucks a day for a guy. And it just, it, it happened like that a few times. And it got really annoying because I'm like, dude, yes, people make mistakes, but over and over and over and over and over again. And then the customer was a little difficult mm-hmm. to work with. She was yelling at us a lot and um, very difficult to work with, especially because she wanted Taylor there for the plants. She's like, I want Taylor said he's going to be here for plants. I want him there. And Taylor can't be there all the time because he's making designs. Yeah. And, and then he would go there, he'd put the plants there. And she's like, well, I don't know about this. I don't like this. And uh, it got to a point where I should have pulled off three guys and just sent them to another job or just sent them home. Mm-hmm. Sometimes it's better to just send people home, dude. And because at the end of the day, it's like, okay, yes, you want to be loyal to your guys, but you also don't want to bleed money. Yeah. You know? Yeah, for sure. Yeah. You can't no hemorrhage money forever. 
yeah, you don't want to believe money. I'm not a freaking bank. You know, I'm not the government. And sometimes send people home. That's the only way to do it. Like today, for example, we did, we're doing stairs and the guy didn't like the stairs. And uh, I, I had to order a tool from Pave Tool. You know the Pave mm -hmm. Tool? Yeah, the Pave Tool, little, yeah. Little grapplers yep. to put in these big treads with excavator. And they're coming in tomorrow. So I just told them, like, boys, just go go home. I'll call you tomorrow if there's anything that needs to be done. But I can't just keep having four guys lifting these blocks. I just want, like, a two-man crew. Yeah. You know, just a, one guy, an excavator, and a helper. And um, you have to make that call. It's a difficult call to make, but you have no choice. It's like, why would you want to bleed money and then not make money at the job when it's finished? Yeah. No, absolutely. Yeah. I, I agree with that. that you got to gotta mechanize. Yes. And it's, it's a difficult call to make, but you have to do it. What is your biggest ticket job to date? Um, we had a, we just completed one. It was a 400 and like $405,000 job. It was wow. the one with the big, big olive tree. Yes. Okay. Yeah. Yeah. That tree was massive. That yeah. tree was absolutely massive. So yeah, we, we put in that tree it was 50 grand and it cost $27,000 to purchase it. It cost $7,000 for the crane port to port. That's where I learned that from. Yeah. It cost, um, and then just labor on digging the hole. Yeah. How big of a hole was that? I mean, it was a 72 inch tree. So. Good night. The hole's got to be pretty big. Yeah. That's and, you know, the, the very funny thing is the, the the house, it has electrical lines by the back fence. And then the crane was like, well, we have to stay 15 feet away from those electrical lines. And I was like, all right. So they couldn't even drop it into the hole. They had to drop it by the hole. And then we had to push it in. With the excavator? You know I mean? No, with the with the SK3000 ditch witch. By okay. the way, ditch witch, I've talked a lot of smack about ditch witch. The 3000 is a beast. It's huge. It's abnormal. It's like obnoxiously big. I wrote, I got on it at the equip uh, last mm -hmm. week and I was like, it is, it's, it's just so massive. It's so yeah. massive. It's huge, massive, but it gets so much work done and it has such a small footprint. It has a five foot, foot five foot footprint yeah. compared to the 259, which has a six foot footprint. And the employees are not afraid to use that machine. Yeah. Yeah, it's, I mean, yeah, I mean, I never even ran a full-size skid steer and you hop on that thing. It's kind of like, well, this is pretty easy. It's not that bad. So, well, what is, uh, what's something here? I know we're already at 40 minutes. This hasn't been 40 minutes, but um, what's some advice or something you would want to give somebody before we wrap up today that maybe we hadn't got into? Just some advice on uh, scaling a company or just being a more, a more profitable company, being a better business owner in general. Yeah, so the one thing that I would recommend is, go to someone that's already doing it and learn from them. Because mm, if you, good. if you just, if you do something yourself, like, and you trial and error yourself, it's going to take you a lot longer. Somehow I magically miraculously made it happen. Where yeah. I, I did it from basically my first year. I was like, I, I was in disbelief at what I'd done. I was like over a million dollars in sales. It was crazy. I was like, Jesus, how did I even do this? But it was the guy. Like if it wasn't for Carlos, mm -hmm. I wouldn't have been able to do it at all so obviously the employees are very important but um a lot of people they come to me now they join go king and they get all the programs they get the courses and they're like t without the courses like it you took you took such a long time off of my learning curve yeah because li literally all my mistakes i made i just put into the courses all the wins i have i put into the courses everything i have and that was the beauty of paying for knowledge and that's yeah. the same thing i did with grant and i went to grant's seminars courses all that stuff and i just paid for his data that's all you got to do you just download data into your brain from somebody else that's mm -hmm. already done it and then it's the best and easiest shortcut mm -hmm. you actually have to study and pull the trigger yeah grant cardone is that who you mean by grant mm -hmm. oh so yeah. you're you're a 10xer oh yeah oh yeah do you do for real sure. estate too or you just implement it into your business um i've, I've invested in his real estate fund I've uh, I put in already six hundred grand into his real estate fund, and the cool thing is about the his fund is you don't do anything. He just spits out like every single month. I get thirty seven hundred dollars thirty seven hundred dollars in my bank account, hmm. and I don't do anything. Yeah, it's like fifty grand a year, and you don't do anything. And um, the the cool thing about what his what he's doing is I've never paid taxes on any of that money. Yeah, because of the the K two and all that stuff. So. It's just it's just like free money. 
Yeah, yeah, for sure. You used to be smart with it. I think what you said, you kind of glossed over it in a statement a few just a few seconds ago, but it was your mistakes. You you put all into one video, one course, or a couple courses. Like, don't learn from your own mistakes. Learn from other people's mistakes. Uh, that's mm-hmm. that's. I feel like that's how you really like scale and like move faster in business and then just in life in general. Like, don't. It's kind of. Did were you? Did you ever hang around with people older than you? Were was Carlos older than you at all, or? Have your employees yeah, looks, been older than you? Chris was in his like late forties. I was like twenty five. Yeah. Okay. So I think that that kind of goes hand in hand with my point is like I think when you hang around older people that are a little more experienced, they have a little more life under their belt. And he think about all the mistakes that Carlos had made by that point, and mm-hmm. you learn from those. And he taught you from that. I think that's yep. hand in hand. It goes hand in hand there. Uh, well, as we wrap this thing up, what is Goat Gang? If somebody doesn't know what it is, what I mean, what even is it? Yeah, so GoKing is basically my my group where I bring people in and I just share with them things that I've learned along the way that like mistakes, successes, uh, things that like, let's say you have a, a question with a customer, you don't know how to handle a customer and um, you just post in the group like, dude, what do I do in this situation? Mm-hmm. Like I'll chime in, people will chime in because if I've been in that situation and you haven't and I know the end result, I'm more than happy to share and tell you. And originally GoKing was free. So I just, I was just like, Hey, I have a group. If you want to join, join. Yeah. And it was like 1500 people, 1200 people joined the group. And I noticed that there were so many haters and trolls and I was just booting people all the mm, time. Yeah. And I was just getting really sick and tired of it. Cause I'm like, dude, I'm putting all this energy, like three hours a day into this group and I'm get, literally getting nothing out of it. And yeah, it's just, just busting your, yeah. Yeah. It's just bad people. And I got so drained and so dis- discouraged. I was like, and someone said, T, why don't you just charge for the group? And I was like, that's a good idea. That'll weed out all the people, all the, all the bad people that'll weed them all out because all the guys that are complaining about a hundred dollars, I don't want them to group anyway. And if I could just get rid of them, I'm like, okay, cool. So then I, I, I told everyone it's going to be charged. I'm like, if you want to stay in here, stay in here. If not, you got to leave. And people were literally writing instagram posts videos about me i was i was a scammer i was a bad guy i was stupid tigran all he cares about is money he doesn't want to help the person and um after all those people left dude real results started to happen and people like really good people started to come in the group mm, and yeah. now we have like 800 800 plus people in there and there are super experienced people like one of the guys his name is ian he runs a very successful company in massachusetts like doing $12 million a year. Mm-hmm. Company's like three times bigger than mine. And shocked at how successful he is and how much information he has. But he's also, keep in mind, he's like 50-something years old. Yeah, yeah. You know, so he's been so doing it for a while. You have to learn from people that are much older than you. They've been in the game longer than you. And like when 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 someone when someone is doing something good, you gotta get up to me. You gotta give respect to them. So yeah. You've heard the saying, your network is your net worth. And uh, I think that's exactly what you, what that, what that implements right there is if you hang around the right people. You're going, you're going really, it's going to show hundred percent. And one of the other cool things is we I started doing these giveaways and like I've used, I use GoKing money to actually not, not only is it all for me, but I use it to, to, to give it back to other people. Yeah. Like, um, we've had seven giveaways and so far I've given away like $400,000 worth of equipment mm. and money. Yeah. So someone it's like last one, this kid from uh, Coachella, he's 21 years, 20 years old. I think his name is Luis and he didn't have a full size truck. He had a 15, uh, 1500 and he came in here and the competition was, you have to stand on one leg the longest. He was the last one standing three and a half hours in and he took home a $60,000 truck, a GMC 2,500 utility body. Uh, it was gas. It was like 30,000 miles, bought it for $55,000 and he took it home and Right away, he just kept messaging me like, dude, you have no idea how much this has changed me. His parents were messaging me, thanking me, mm. his sister. Like, it's crazy Yeah, at the level of um, just a level of coolness of how something like that can change someone's life. Yeah, And now you see him doing bigger jobs. He, he finally got a big dump trailer. He wasn't able to get a dump trailer before. So, that, I mean, GoKing is just freaking awesome. Like, yeah. It is literally the best thing I've ever done. Yeah. No, that's cool. Well, this was a really timely interview because, uh, you know, before we record, you were said, well, I'm a TikToker now. You know, I used to be on YouTube, but I'm a TikToker. I think, mm-hmm. I think, uh, I, I had a part of that. I, I gained you like 10,000 followers in the last, last week. So, you did. Uh, <laughs> very much so. Very much so. That video that you and I did got 11.4 thousand 
followers in a day. Yeah, it blew up. It, it's over a million views now on TikTok. Uh, I had people send it to me all day yesterday. Like I would mm-hmm. I, literally every time I opened up my phone, one of my friends because it would go. It was on everybody's for you page, so they right. would just random people that don't follow you at all. They would just see it and they would send it. They were like, "Is this you? Is this you?" I was like, "Yeah, that's, yeah, that's it." So, <laughs> well, that's cool. So, well, five seconds, thirty seconds here to wrap this thing up. What is your take on college versus no college? Because that was the that was what the topic of the video was. If you haven't seen it yet, go look at it. Mm-hmm. Uh, it was talking about is college a scam or not? And there was two guys in there. It was me and another guy in the interview. One guy said it was a scam. I gave it a little bit of a different answer. Um, what is your take on it? So college is okay. Obviously, there's these people, the trolls. They're like, "Well, uh, what about doctors and lawyers and this?" Yeah. And like, okay, yeah. no, no shit. Of course, all those people need to yeah. go to college. How, like th- <laughs> they that, were, they just, were just blowing it up. I was dying yeah. in the comments. That goes without saying. Everybody yeah. knows that. Yeah. Okay, but if you want to go to school for a business degree or economics or arts degree or some kind of stupid degree that you just can't even monetize or use. Yeah. It's like, dude, reconsider because if you can go and work at like an art studio or some kind of, uh, some kind of place where your degree specializes in right off the bat, like Mm -hmm. people will hire you. doesn't matter if you have a degree. Yeah. You know? Yeah. I think that people with degrees, they make everything complicated. And the more, the more, you know, the less you can do. Yeah. But if, if you, if you give a task to a guy that doesn't know how to do anything and he's just like, okay, well, this is true. I have to do it. And he just pulls the trigger faster. But if you give a guy, if you, if you give a task to a guy that is well educated and studies a lot and does this and this and this, he's going to start complicating things in his mind. He's mm. like, well, he's going to start questioning what you tell him. Mm. And uh, that's when paralysis by analysis comes in. Yeah, that's good. That's good. Well, where can everybody find you uh, if they want to connect with you on social media and go see you, uh, watch you now as a TikToker? Yeah, just just uh, search my name on T-I-G-R, Tigran Gertz on every single platform. Cool, man. Well, I appreciate the time. I know uh, you have got a busy schedule going on out there in California. Appreciate the time and uh, look forward to catching up here in the future. Later, dog. Absolutely. Well, guys, thank you so much for tuning in to the show today. This has been a real joy and treat to come to you. Thank Tigran for his time. Uh, go check out Launch Renew Academy, all the really cool stuff going on there. And uh, without any further ado, we look forward to catching up with everybody here on the next episode. Thanks for tuning in to the Growing Green Podcast. It is an honor to have you listening, and we hope you receive valuable advice to help take your business to the next level. Don't forget to follow the podcast so you'll be notified when our next episode drops.